0: Welcome everyone to the episode 4 of the Slow Spin Society podcast. I am your co-host Paul and today as always I am with your other co-host Fabian. Hello Fabian. Hey guys. So uh, this week's episode is a big Q&A but before that if you want to hear us talk about my last trip in the mountains or some cool articles we found recently or even Strava you should listen to the extended version of the show more on that later yes so fabian we have some questions this week
1: yes so for this week we asked people to send in whatever questions they had and then we would go around to answering the ones that we we find right that we receive and yes. in total we received around i don't know like around 10 questions that we'd like to answer in this week's or this month's q a session so our first question comes from gifted GiftedOther from Discord, from our Discord server, and he would like to know about things that we wish we would have known when we started writing Fixed. So everything that, looking back, it would have been good to know that beforehand. Um, so what, what, what's one thing that you really wish you had known, Paul?
0: Well, one thing that I didn't know when I started writing Fixed is bike actually have sizes. <laughs> you can't ride any bike my first fixed was a bianchi and it was a size 53 and i am 1 meter 81 so it was 100 percent too small <laughs> for me yeah that's one thing i i wanted to know but i didn't really make any research before no. that it kind of like came, came upon me randomly but yeah the fact that uh, in cycling too you have sizes a proper bike fit will change everything like everything the amount of time you can ride uh how far you can ride how easily you can ride a proper bike fit will change everything really
1: yeah um yeah for me as well like my first bike was a was a Dolan precursor that I bought used, and it, it was luckily because I did not check the size either. I just like it thought I it looked cool, was the right price, so I bought it, and it turned out to be the right size for me. But one thing that I wish I had known was that about was foot retention, like straps or clipless, or whatever. Because mine mine came with flat pedals, and I was like, okay, cool, and I didn't know any better, so I was just doing that until I inevitably like ate shit. <laughs> like, oh no <laughs> I like, was like like, bro, I'm going a bit too fast. I, oh shit, my foot slipped. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah <it's, laughs> so that's why I wish I w- would have known I mean, I didn't really hurt myself. It was just like a bit embarrassing, but if I had known that people riding fixed they normally do so with like straps or or clipless or cages, or whatever, it would have would have saved me some embarrassment. and it's it's something that seems obvious to most of us now, but back then it was like, oh, it's a bike. Oh it's it's a fixed bike what does that mean Oh shit I cannot coast oh, okay cool whatever and then suddenly that happens but so that's like the own the first fixed gear related thing I wish I had known back then but besides that I think it would have also been useful for me to learn how to change an inner tube because that was also like kind of my first the Dolan precursor was like my first introduction to like cycling like yeah it's like cycling, so I didn't even know how to change an inner tube and whenever I had a flat, I had to bring it to the shop and was, and looking back at it now, changing an inner tube is such an easy thing to do. It would have saved me lots of time and money but yeah didn't yeah know that's
0: a that's a rich boy thing to go to the bike shop every time you need to change an inner tube yeah
1: I mean, at least it was only like two or three times thankfully, but <laughs> a bit a bit unrelated, but <laughs> for the q and a session, but there's this um youtube series going on from the friends of abroad in japan the, the youtuber mm-hmm. they're doing like um yesterday they were premiering their video on how they tried to cycle across japan with like these these uh like hybrid bikes or whatever and then they were going downhill and one of them has a flat and then i'm like ah they're doing they have this all planned out they're going to change the flat for sure and then they're like oh he broke the bike shit i need to call someone to replace my bike i need to buy a new bike like what dude just change the just change the inner <laughs> tube they're talking and then they're like ah oh, damn see this is how we fail already we, we need to buy a new bike he keeps breaking bikes because the the, the, the tire is flat oh god and that was a bit cringy for me but that was me like four years ago already so <laughs> yeah That's it it. for a
0: lot of people that are not into cycling uh tire rim wheel means all the same
1: yeah yeah
0: like I have a flat. My- I broke the wheel. It's <laughs> the same thing.
1: Yeah, and like I think most, many, or like many or most, I don't know, but many people, they don't know even that there's the rim. They can see the rim. It's metal. And then there's the tire on top. But they don't know that there's something inside between the rim and the tire that keeps the air. I think many people just think that like, the air goes like directly into the tire or something. That and yeah. if it's flat, it means you have to replace everything. But
0: this is not a car, people. It's <laughs> not a car.
1: Yeah, straps or like foot retention and changing inner tube. Yeah,
0: foot retention is important.
1: <laughs> Very important.
0: Really important. Uh, what do you what foot retention do you use like right now? Now SPDs I use or... yeah
1: SPDs, like the mountain bike ones, the double sided ones. But I was I was thinking about going into speed play or something because mm-hmm. I like road shoes as well, and those are and speed plays are also double sided, but they're like a hundred bucks. So yeah, I'm not sure yet.
0: If Anyone goes into food retention and um, auto pedals. One thing everybody told me when I started writing fixed and that you should know if you want to try auto pedals. Don't go crank brothers, egg beaters. They will fail you when you want to skid. Hmm. You will unclip. That's a fact. Everybody knows about this. (laughs) Don't use those. I know they look good. But don't use them.
1: They look like the little thing that you, on like a mixer, right? Like when you make a cake or something. The, the yeah, that's why spin-
0: they're called the egg bitter. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I was like,
1: oh, I just like skipped past that part. I, was, I thought I like, was making, <laughs> I thought I was making like a big, big discovery, like a big connection. <laughs> okay. Okay, they're called egg beaters, yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I, this I, week I can...
0: we landed on Mars and Fabian discovered the egg bitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, 100% I recommend like the normal. Uh, SPD pedals, they're really good, and yeah, then the shoes SPD you could wear pedals. with them are like the mountain bike shoes, but they also have like chrome shoes or whatever. They they yes. look like sneakers then, and you can walk around without looking like a duck or something. So it's useful. <laughs>
0: and if you use SPDs, uh, so the Shimano auto pedals technology, uh, the one for mountain biking, right? Yeah. Uh, the metal part that you put under your shoe. They have two models for those, and one of those middle clip thingy, you can unclip just by lifting diagonally your foot, and the other one, you actually have to rotate your ankle to unclip it.
1: You like twisting one. So,
0: yeah. So, one is not good for fixed gear, because <laughs> you will unclip while skidding, for example. Yeah. While, like, pulling on your pedal. Mm. So also take care about which one you take. There is little arrows on the packaging to, for you to know which one's good and which which one will unclip when you pull your foot up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just be careful with this.
1: And also for anyone that wants to try clipless for the first time or like switch to clipless from straps or cages, you will 100%, I guarantee it 100%, at least one time, you will forget to unclip and you will fall to your side. When you're oh yeah, hundred percent. That happens to everyone, and it's it's That's always That's a funny. fact. yeah hundred percent worth it, in my opinion. Clipless, it feels much nicer.
0: Yeah, I read both cages and clipless, and when I read clipless, I'm like,
1: damn, so much power. Me and my bike, we are one. You cannot separate us. Oh, I am your bike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, we got a little bit sidetracked there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second questions for this week also by gifted order on the discord server uh join our discord server please it's (laughs) fun but we're we're only like 15 right now (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm curious about missed opportunities like missed deals missed ride or missed connection what do you think
1: what do you think fabian missed okay so first missed opportunity opportunities uh Huh that's that's a good question. I mean I almost missed a deal last year like an expensive deal for a nice bike frame that will not reveal yet but I did not miss it in the end because I was thinking
0: Unless you listen to the pre show. Oh yeah unless you listen to
1: the pre show I've mentioned it there a few times but it was a very expensive bike frame and there was a sale on it and I was really like really back and forth about it I was oh. I was like thinking, if I buy it now, I will not regret it. I can always sell it later on or something. And if I don't do it now, there will never be a sale. And I'll always beat myself up over it. But no, I I went for it.
0: We discussed a lot about it. Yeah, a lot. I was discussing. Yeah, a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So In the end, I got it. It was a lot, but I have no regrets. And it feels good that I didn't let that deal slide because it's not going to come back. But yeah, that's for deals then. But for rides, missed rides, I mean, if you think about it this way, I was, because Paul and I, we met in 2016 or 17, I believe, in Tokyo. Yeah. And I brought my, I went there to, with my girlfriend with, and I brought my Dolan Precursor with, but I was really considering not taking my Precursor with, because it was, it's a big bag, big bike bag in the end, lots of hassle. And I was going to other places as well, besides Tokyo. So I was like, ah, oh, so much work. Bring the suitcase and bike bag. So I was really considering leaving my bike there. But if I left my bike there, I wouldn't have messaged Paul about showing me around. And I wouldn't have ridden around Tokyo with Paul. And I wouldn't have met Paul. And this podcast would have never existed. So that's probably a potential big missed ride that could have happened. With Butterfly big... effect. Yeah, exactly. Butterfly effect. <laughs> so... But yeah, not a missed ride in the end because I took it. <laughs> I don't know then. For missed rides, I don't really have anything that missed.
0: Yeah, so that's also a missed connection. Yeah, that's yes, true. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I'm glad we met. Yeah. I'm glad we met. Mm, For me, okay, I'm part of, I'm that kind of people. When I see something that is limited or an auction that is really nice, something that I really want, like, I want this. There is no way around it. I want it. I'm going to put down the money for it and I'm going to think about it later. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just spent $600 on a pair of hubs. Now I need to sell like two sets of wheels or a frame or I don't know. So yeah, I try to not miss thing that I really want. <laughs> but sometimes you have some good surprise. Like back in probably 2018, uh, I got a GT gtb at an auction and it was i think the equivalent of like four hundred dollars so really cheap right Hmm. for a gtb that was in really good condition and i remember i was in the train and i'm I'm looking at the auction and nobody is bidding on it and damn this is finishing in like five minutes so i'm like okay i'll I'll just put like 401 euros then uh As a starting bid, guess what? Nobody else was there.
1: That's really lucky.
0: And I got that GD for like <laughs> pretty cheap, I guess. uh I still have it. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I saw they go new. People are selling them for like a thousand plus nowadays. So you got like 50% off, 60% off.
0: They kind of like the Candel Track 2.0 now. Mm. Like people are really looking for those. They're they're good frames though. They're, they're aluminium, but like they are super solid. I
1: mean, it's also like the triple triangle, right? It's, it's like yes. all these different frames: c- uh, Candle Track, Colnago C fifty, uh, whatever, Little Wing. They're all like they're all normal bike frames in the end. If you look, if you look at the shape, like top tube, down tube, whatever, c tube. Yes. But then the GT has like the, what the fuck is that? It's like a like a little triangle there. And it Makes people look. It's a cool. It's a cool frame.
0: Is this a Triforce force frame? <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it's a it's a cool frame. Also, for the people who doesn't know who don't know the the difference, I'm gonna make this clear once for all. You have the GT GTB, the GT Pulse, and the GT Kinesis. So, three of those. The only color available was black. The GT GTB is standard uh, 7 series aluminum, I believe. The GT Pulse is Easton tubing, so a little bit better aluminum. And the GT Kinesis is just the Z- GT Pulse was another name it came after. It came like a few, a few mm. years later, they decided to change the name. That's the difference between those frames. There's like the geometry is the same. like. Every other thing is the same, but people usually struggle to know the difference. This is the difference normal, like standard aluminum tubing versus Eastern tubing. That's it.
1: Hmm. So, how can you tell the difference between the Kinesis and the GT Pulse?
0: It's written on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> just uh,
1: the there's name. like
0: a, uh yeah, yeah, the name. And I think, like, on the bottom bracket, uh you have uh the Pulse and the Kinesis are engraved like and kinetics. Okay. not 100% sure about this but yeah I think I think they are engraved
1: okay and besides the tubing there's not much difference then and even between the tubing there is not much difference is there like no between...
0: yeah no really like the tubings they're like I've owned both they feel the same
1: really. okay I was thinking for the missed rides question like one missed ride because we wanted to go bikepacking last year but then the yes. whole lockdown COVID thing started, so that's one. That's a really big missed ride then, because I was looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're probably gonna try this summer though. Yeah, hopefully. Or yeah. like a little bit before like spring or something. Definitely. Now we are both like fully equipped. For yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> And I've only gone like <laughs> twice now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah.
1: Now that the weather is looking up, definitely. And we have to see with the lockdowns and everything, but yeah. Yes. Damn, give year ago and still the same same situation almost.
0: Yeah. Also, misconnections, I feel like if you uh if you're moving in a new city or if you're just traveling and you take your bike with you, really don't hesitate to contact locals or go to local bike shops and say like, "Oh, I'm I'm just here for a few days. Uh is there anyone that want to show me around or ride a little bit?" I'll be keen on that because people who actually live there know the best spots, the the best routes uh, to go from like shops to shops or, I don't know, a good coffee or something. So I think just don't be shy and contact people. Definitely. It can only be benefic, I think.
1: Yeah, worst case, they say no, but they're not going to say no. Like, most likely. (laughs) But yeah, no one knows. You just force them. (laughs) But yeah, nothing. It's free and you can meet people and like have an introduction. It's really worth it. And for the third question. So yeah, I, I realize we're really expanding on the questions a lot, which I guess is good and bad, but we have more questions, of course. So the third question is also from Discord, but this time from Volker. And he's asking for tips for new riders. And yeah, he also mentioned that this might be a bit boring for people who are not new riders, obviously, but maybe you'll find something in these tips. Maybe you'll not. But then linking back to the first question, my first tip would be foot retention, of course. So, yeah, that's really important. And if you don't know how to skate properly or if you're not comfortable, whatever, just use brakes. No one cares.
0: Yeah, uh, tips for new riders. If you if you're learning how to skid, I would say, and that's what I'm saying to everybody that asks me how to skid, don't use force. It's only body balance. You can actually skid with no force at all. Uh, and if you use like if you're really trying to block your legs, uh, and like use brute force to like kind of pedal backwards or block your legs. You're just gonna hurt your knees, and it's bad. Trust me, it's bad.
1: Yeah, I like to learn, like what helped me learn, like the the motion and everything, like how to position your body, is to skate to to skid when it's wet outside or on wet grass. Even then, you can like really get used to what you have to do motion wise to get in that position, what position you need, and you can you can see it doesn't really need that much force in your legs. I mean, it can help as well, but. It's more in the body than just the legs.
0: Also, I am going to come back on this uh, from the first question, but sizes. Your frame size, your stem length, your seat post height, your crank arms length. All of those are so important to have like the optimal experience of riding. Look into it like really just be cur- yeah be curious and look into all of this and like oh okay a 172.5 crank arm might be a little bit too long for me i guess so you will not hurt your back your knees or your wrists really look into sizes to have like a nice bike that fits you yeah
1: and also for for those who may have let's say like more entry level bikes like like a pure fix or or a kilo tt like these are these are fine bikes or like state bicycles whatever if you want to upgrade it people always think about like the frame first but chances are you're not going to notice much of a difference if you upgrade from like a kilo tt to i don't know like like a a bike frame that's a few hundred dollars more like a cinelli like you will notice more from a nice saddle or nice, nice tires, like really nice tires or yes. like a proper stem length, like a bike fit for all those things, like the contact points, those will make more of a difference than the frame. Like if you have a saddle that fits your butt properly and, and stem that makes you, that is the right length for you, all of those things it will have more of an impact than going from one type of aluminum to another type of aluminum.
0: Yes. If you go into like a, a roadie shop, buy a saddle brand new uh, first uh, they will try to find out with you what is the best saddle for your butt because uh, let's face it there is a lot of different forms of butts yeah Uh, (laughs) but also they will give you like a really little bike fit like really standard one not extensive one not something yeah, yeah not an extensive one just enough for your saddle height and maybe your crank lens hmm. but yeah if you buy a cell brand new you can ask people from the shop what would be the best cell height for me yeah and they will they usually have enough experience and expertise to tell you what she, what is best for you
1: yeah and you can also measure your sit bones like the, the the bones in your butt that you sit on you can measure them yourself at home like kind of With like Maybe not entirely precise, but sometimes, or most of the time, it's enough to get an idea of which size saddle to get when you're ordering online. Well, of course, the bike shop is the the best solution here. So we'll be taking a small break from answering questions uh, to introduce our Patreon. So we think it's the right time to introduce our Patreon. And this is a method for people who want to support us financially as well. We love doing the podcast, and this is just a way to... Help cover web costs and podcast hosting costs and gear and all these little factors, and of course it's optional. The lowest tier of the Patreon starts at two euros a month, so less than a cup of coffee, and gives you access to a pre-show and after-show. This is around 40 minutes of content per episode where we discuss video games, movies, where we have a ride we've done recently, just anything random, casual, and yeah, it's extra content. Um, the the Patreon can be found at Patreon.com/slash slow spin society podcast, or yeah, it will also be on the website and in the show notes, of course, and we would really appreciate any people that would like to do this as well, but it's completely optional.
0: Yes. It's an awesome way to support us. And thank you for everyone that send us like support emails or on Instagram. We really appreciate this. Yeah. So. Coming back to our question session, uh, another question from the Discord server. What do you think about riding alone versus group ride or community events?
1: So this question, question. came from, yeah, came from gifted otter And of course, this is a great question. Uh, I think that Paul and I, recycle cycle far differently when it comes to group rides versus riding alone, so, like. Yeah, you can, you can expand on that, Paul, if you want.
0: Well, for me personally, I do enjoy riding with one or two friends along me uh, together, I mean. Riding alone, yes, for commuting, of course, but riding alone for long distance, I don't do it that much. I really like to enjoy the experience with some friends, uh, taking pictures. Uh, do all that kind of stuff together for like community events. Well, I love events, like, who doesn't really? So I tried because we had uh, that kind of rides before quarantine and all that stuff hit France. But <laughs> uh, we had like some massive events uh, in Paris, like, literally 100 to 150 riders uh, ripping all at the same time through the city. Mostly fixed year, but not only. Uh, That's too much. This is really too much people. Uh, And of course, in a group that is so large, you have really experienced people who know what they're doing and you have completely newbie, unexperienced people that are looking to come in the community. And that's great, but they tend to show off or not being that safe let's say uh while like riding in a group and that can be an issue if you're not comfortable with that i guess yeah
1: i think group rides definitely is not something anyone can just jump into like there's there's hand signals and you have to know who goes in the front and and how the other person rides if if you're just if you're trying to join a group ride and you don't know how everyone rides it can be kind of chaotic and dangerous as well then Especially if, I mean, especially in in community events where people want to show off, right, what what they can do. Yes. And then they, they, people take unnecessary risks as well, which is just makes it, like, a stressful situation, I think. But, yes. Yeah, I'm a bit different from Paul, where I, I love doing solo rides. It's just, like, for me, like, riding is also kind of just, like, being away from everything else. So even though I love riding with friends as well, or, or like, with one or two others, of, of course, it's, for me it's a different than it's a bit more different than just doing it alone and focusing on on going far or not even focusing on anything it's just like like a like a solitude type thing so i, I don't have anything against riding alone I, it's my preferred way
0: just a solo man where's his bike
1: yeah solo man i am my bike my legs are my gear <laughs> <laughs> we're going to plug it every episode <laughs> yeah, i think solo rides are really fun but of course I think everyone should try one of of everything, and then they can see, of course as well.
0: I think the, uh, solo rides are great, but when you can also ride with one or two friends and just ride together, stop at a place, talk, uh, but whatever, it will probably be bikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also like uh, for me, it is part of the experience. Mm. I moved for a job. I moved away for six months and I was in a town when I was completely alone. Like I was the only one riding there. Uh, And I did a lot of solo rides. It's definitely have like that challenge effect on me at least. Like, okay, I'm alone. I am at whatever pace I want. I can do this. I can go up that hill in whatever the time is. That, that was around that time I used Strava a lot more mm. to see what I was capable of. So yeah, it does have that effect on me that, yeah, if I'm riding alone for an extended period of time, I kind of want to challenge myself.
1: Yeah, definitely. So each one has its own benefits and disadvantages, of course. So Yeah, 100%. Okay, so for the next question. So actually, I really enjoyed that question. But for the next question, this comes from Alexandra Khan on Instagram, and he asks... If you could only ride one bike for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Um
0: You go first. <laughs> I don't want to answer that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so yeah, unlike Paul, I've I've only had like less than a handful of bikes. So if I could ride one bike for the rest of my life, it would really be I mean this is not even like fixed gear related, this could just be like one one bike then. okay
0: let's limit us to fixed gear because if we don't this is going to be this is going to go really far yeah
1: that's true that's true so for fixed gear then i would probably go with a bike that will never degrade that will never rust that will so like carbon for example there's carbon fatigue with aluminum aluminum fatigue with steel steel lasts really long but i mean yeah steel steel is an option again i guess but it's not it doesn't last for the rest of your life does it i'm not sure
0: Um, well no I mean it could but it's gonna it's gonna rust
1: yeah okay that's right it's gonna rust and in that case there's only one other material (laughs) here it comes one other material that is left and that is magnesium yeah magnesium it is titanium so (laughs) if I was made of money if I could somehow afford to buy a titanium bike I would probably go with a titanium bike because those things are they look great. They probably ride great, and they last forever, or so they say, or so they say. So,
0: or so they say.
1: Yeah, one bike, rest of my life. It'll be a titanium fixed gear bike.
0: Okay, so, like, precisely.
1: Precisely. Oof! I don't even know which which one. Which companies make titanium?
0: Oh, oh. I am sure you already know. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so in 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 the, in Europe, there is Kokmo. But I don't want to talk about. And in the U.S., there's more options. I think there's number twenty-two. They make Terry Terry Berenson. He has number twenty-two, yeah, and those um, are nice bikes. The other guy, he recorded once for Hotline. Yeah. Anyway, there's Titanium number twenty-two makes really cool titanium track bikes and road bikes and gravel bikes. But if I could have a bike for the rest of my life, it might just be then number twenty-two, uh, Little Wing.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Sounds like a good choice. Yeah. Well. For me, at least, I will just take one of my actual bikes. I definitely go through phases uh, with bikes I ride more than others, but it's been quite a few years now, and I ride my MASH work V1 a lot. It's been through hell, back and forth, <laughs> really. Uh, it's been through every possible kind of setups, uh, like commuter, track lacrosse roadie style with drops and carbon rims it's been through like every phases and it will not let me down so i'm pretty happy with this uh it is a little bit bent it doesn't run really straight anymore Hmm. but i love it and uh, i just have this sentimental attached attachment to it so yeah i will probably be this my v1 mash work Even if I have, like, a mash still in the lava color, which is super nice. Really, it's bright orange. It looks super cool. But you know what? I still end up writing my mash work more. (laughs) I don't know why.
1: Curious. Yeah,
0: curious. (laughs) But Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, that's
1: that. It was a good choice as well, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is steel and it doesn't have paint, so it is rusting like hell right now especially in the winter with salt on the road and yeah. everything so yeah i'm 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 keeping that
1: <laughs> yeah and then i think yeah with steel as well you have like the ability to fix it it's more more easy to fix than, like you can even replace whole tubes and everything
0: yes i can definitely feel it becoming more flexy along like along the years but It is just a comfy bike right now. And I enjoy it as it is.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I am taking it everywhere, which is pretty cool. Because when you have, like, a history with your bike, like, oh, yeah, I took it there. I have a picture. And I took it here. And I took it to so many places. And it went to that country, that country. Um, I feel like it makes... If you knew the history behind a bike, it makes it even better you know it'd have taste kind of
1: yeah definitely it's also about like yeah the memories and everything
0: yeah oh that's my choice
1: <laughs> yeah but again a bit different from each other but both make sense
0: yeah they both make sense uh send us emails we or tell us in the discord we want to know what would be your choice
1: yeah i'm just really curious as well lots of people yeah. have like their dream bikes and everything but then the dream bike is not the same as the bike that they would maybe have for the rest of our life. So let's let, like, I'm curious what people pick then.
0: Yes. Your dream bike is probably a Cannondale track. You should know that you will crack it. If you <laughs> ride it daily. <laughs> for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> probably.
0: Probably. Yeah, they're nice bikes though. On to the next question. And this one is by Soyo Oi. On Instagram. Uh, so. Riding brickless. How would you define your tempo through traffic? Huh. I'll let you start with that one.
1: So this does not really apply to me because I do not ride brakeless.
0: <laughs> oh, true.
1: So this is, yeah, for more for... for. But uh, you did a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not, okay, if I if I think back then, I would say my speed was not overly fast. I mean, it was, it was as much as I could, as I was comfortable with having no brakes. So I cannot say in numbers, of course, but I would say it's faster than other people on bikes but not as fast as someone on a road bike somewhere in the countryside and how would you define your tempo i mean that's a it's a tough question to answer it depends as well like on the time of the day and everything but i'm not i'm not going fast for the sake of going fast yeah i'm just going as fast as i think i can go without having breaks and like keeping myself and other people safe
0: yeah, you're definitely slower when you don't have brakes because you need to be careful about everything that could happen, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I live in the Netherlands, so people, they they look around. They know that bicycles exist and that people ride bikes and everything. So definitely people can go a bit faster here than if you're somewhere else where the, a random door might open or a car might turn to the right suddenly because they don't know there's a bike. So I think I also have the benefit that it's more the people the people driving they're also kind of on the, on the lookout for others then and...
0: well i live in paris and 50% of the population doesn't know what a bike is <laughs> frankly but for me i've been riding in different cities with really different traffic and i really adapt my tempo of where i am and when i am riding if i am riding like super early morning or late at night when there's no one i'll definitely like a high pace and have fun going as fast as I can. If I am going through a lot of traffic, I will definitely like have a pace that I am comfy with. Okay. If this happened, I can switch direction or, uh, skid start skidding right now. So I can stop, you know, like avoid whatever could, could happen. Yeah. But, Defining your tempo, you could say, same as Fabian, like, I am going as fast as I am comfy with at the time being. One thing I noticed in the last years of writing is when I am not mad, but, like, you know, in my head and thinking a lot about having negative thoughts, I am definitely, like, the worst writer when I'm not having any pleasure writing.
1: Yeah. And that's something you should... Take into account, right?
0: Yeah, because two times I went to places and I was really like, I don't want to go there, but you know what? I'm going to force myself because I don't know, A, it's friends or it's a birthday or something or B, uh, it's for an important thing that could have been delayed, but you know what? It's for an important thing. So I'll just go and you end up like taking your bike for commuting and just going there having like negative thoughts going actually way faster than you usually go and both of those times i crashed pretty bad hmm. uh once on my own and once uh i took a truck <laughs> i took a <laughs> dhl truck in the face Oh no. um I'm, uh, i was fine in both times really when you crash first it's not funny second you're like hurting yourself and hurting your bike or hardware or whatever. Uh broke my phone two times with this. Hmm. Talking about how uh, define how you ride through traffic, I would say like really stay focused, especially if you're heavy traffic and try to enjoy your ride and don't force yourself. This is really important. Don't force yourself if you don't want to go.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's as as good as we can answer this question without resorting to like, Speeds, numbers, whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody is different,
1: right? Same thing with like the group. Yeah, like going back to the, one of the previous questions with the group ride events, people want to keep up with the others and then they go faster than they're comfortable. And if you're if you're solo, then you can just go wherever you want to go and like, the one cares.
0: Yes. If you're riding reckless in close proximity of other moving objects, really like take a safe distance. This is the best way to do it. And of course, it looks... If you if you look at videos, it looks so freaking cool. I I don't know. I'm thinking about like the um, Stay Alive Studio videos.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: those guys have like such a flow when they're riding in the city. It it is insane. It is really really cool to watch. And I'm part of those people that always said like flow is far superior to speed when i see people going from red light to red light as fast as they can and stopping every time you know every red light yeah it kind of looks stupid to me you know (laughs) i'm i am cycling way slower than them but i am just like you know taking my time going between cars having a blast and really like having a nice flow i am not stopping i am just like adapting my course to just don't put a foot on the ground right yeah from my point of view this looks way cooler than just sprinting from red light to red light
1: yeah i mean there's no rush in the end right
0: yeah there's no rush i mean if you're if you're cycling for your pleasure then it's you have no rush and if you're cycling for commuting it's better to arrive five minutes late than to never arrived
1: that yeah that's a good point as well so no unnecessary risks. Yeah. So for the final question, or maybe perhaps the final question, we received an email from someone who wants to remain anonymous. So we're not going to say the name. But he asked if if we ride fixed only or if we ride other things as well. So in my case, I, I have fixed gear bikes as well, but I, I use my road bike a lot and I'm in the process of building a gravel bike. So... I I well I I love fixed gear, but I think people that only ride fixed gear are, are really missing out on a geared bike like a road bike or gravel bike, because like it, it's a really it's a different experience and it just feels really nice as well. So I, I can I can really say that even though there are people that are like only fixed gear and oh never roadies fuck roadies in the end it's everyone is in the same basket everyone's a cyclist in the end whatever bike they have. So I think. I think it's it's a shame that people don't want to branch out to road bikes but I can understand that as well road bikes are generally more expensive but they can also be had used for for much less than they go for new but yeah I I love my road bike and I love riding riding road bikes as well or geared bikes rather
0: Do you think it has like uh a benefit effect on your riding like do you do you feel like when you're taking your fixed, or when you're taking your bike, your road bike, after like taking one or the other, you can, I don't know, spin more properly, or you have a better cardio. Do you feel like there is any good effect having like different types of mm-hmm. bike?
1: I mean, I I think definitely with the fixed gear bike, you can really you learn how to pedal like more properly. I think because you don't have a, you don't have a choice. You have to pedal. So if you're going fast. And if you're on like a normal ratio, like 49, 17, whatever, and you want to go fast and you're going to be pedaling, you're going to be pedaling real a lot, like higher um, rotations per minute. And that really helps with road bikes as well, just to keep pushing and you learn how to like move your legs and everything. And I think, yeah, I think people also use fixed gear bikes to like learn how to pedal for road events, I think, but. I think one, yeah, one benefit of riding fixed and then going to a road bike or geared bike is that you get used to pedaling nonstop, even though you can brake and you can coast on the road bike. If you go fast, you're just, you're not going to do that. You're just going to go keep pedaling.
0: I think coming back to our last question, I think riding reckless definitely has like a big benefit of knowing where you're going with any type of bikes. You know, you're always like analyzing the situation to know yeah, where is your best exit point
1: kind of yeah riding brake does it makes you it makes you really like hyper aware of of everything around you as well but I mean if, if you go to road bike yeah and if you go to road bike that's useful as well of course but then you have the benefit of brakes and that, that doesn't mean that if, if you have brakes you just take unnecessary risk all the time you go super fast just because you know you can brake fast but yeah, it's a good skill to have on any type of bike, I think.
0: 100%. Yeah. For me, I don't own uh, neither a road bike or a gravel bike or any type of gears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, multiple gears thing. I've tried a road bike. I think they're really cool. They are just not for me at the moment. I really enjoy FIG's gear and the challenge it represents in any situation, like, Going a long distance, fixed gear. Going climbing, fixed gear. Going downhill, fixed gear is actually a <laughs> challenge uh, more than climbing, I think. But I'm not completely close to the idea to the idea of owning a road bike one day. I just don't feel the need for it right now. Mm. But when I, also another thing is when I looked at road bikes, I found the expensive one. So sexy that if one day I get one, it will probably be a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, like it's like a like, like a new specialized S Works or something.
0: <laughs> yes, I also like like I I really like like neo retro things. People like take like old candles like Cat Four and they put like
1: zips on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so they put like a recent group set on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that looks good too, but
1: like also like one da- one downside of road bikes and one benefit of fixed gear bikes is there's so little you have to do maintenance wise. Yes. Like, e- even if you have a brake, just that's like a brake, maybe you clean your chain once in a while or change the bottom bracket. Like that's that's like three four tools in the end. But yes. with like a road bike you need to like adjust the front derailleur or the the rear derailleur and you have to like the bleed the disc brakes and it's it's a lot of work in the end but at the same time you can also say that it's like for some people, it's kind of like med- not meditating, but it's like a—it's a nice, relaxing thing to do. Like you clean the, the chain properly yes. and adjust everything. But definitely, if, if if you just want like a bike that works all the time, you don't have to do anything, then then fixed gear bike is like the perfect one. Yes.
0: As a personal experience, when I travel with my girlfriend and we go to I don't know places just to ride. We charge both bikes into the van, right? Yeah. Uh, there is no attach to put the bikes. We just put it in the van and we strap them. And on a road bike, especially on a carbon road bike, we always have to take care about like, Okay, like let's make sure the discs are not touching anything <laughs> and let's make sure the derailleur is not squeezed by anything. Uh, so we put like, Blankets and all that kind of stuff to make sure, like, the bike will be okay during. Like, I don't know if we take a roundabout and it moves a little bit. I'm just throwing my bike in there and not thinking about anything. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine, no problem. That's one thing I really enjoy about the face gear is like, no settings required. You just like shove it in there, and when you need it, you just take it back, and it will work just as fine.
1: Yeah. Really durable for the most part,
0: yeah. That's that's the main reason why messengers' couriers started using fax ears in the street. It's like it requires literally no maintenance, no zero.
1: Yeah, as a messenger, if something doesn't work, it really, that really actually costs you money, then, right?
0: Yes, I would also like, I think before getting a road bike, I would probably get a gravel bike <laughs> because they look. They look a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know how going fast on gravel roads sounds fun <laughs> for whatever dangerous reason it might be, <laughs> but yeah, it sounds fun. And like recent gravel bikes, they look so freaking good.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Six, 650B is sexy. Curves are sexy.
1: That's true. And Focus, Focus released a new lineup of gravel bikes, Focus Atlas. And they look so good. Oh, they look so good. And they're like super cheap, right? Yeah, they have like the cheap... Even, even the cheapest version is like 1,600, 1,700 euros. And no cables. You cannot see anything. It's like, it's like a fixed gear bike, basically. gears. <laughs> but Wait, yeah,
0: it is all integrated.
1: Yeah, 100%. Everything. Damn. Okay,
0: that's so, cool.
1: Like three years ago, if you wanted that, you can only buy like a Trek Madone or something for 10K. But now... A 1700 euro gravel bike from focus no cables either it's good look
0: if you're like fabian you don't like cables well this is this is your entry (laughs) to to the road world
1: yeah definitely
0: (laughs) okay okay well that's a pretty good point all right this is all we have time for today uh that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Uh, you can find all we talked about in the show notes. Uh, where can people
1: find us, Fabian? So you can find us on the website, slowspinsociety.com. Uh you can find us on Discord as well, and that Discord link will be on the the Slowspin Society website. But you can also find Paul at on Instagram under at underscore Paul underscore you. And I'm on the Discord.
0: Yes, you can also email the show slowspinpodcast at gmail.com. We will have a Q&A episode like this every month. So if you have any questions, just send us, send them there and we'll try to answer as best as we can. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Anne Maria and the illustration is by at Julia Joe on Instagram. You can support us by sharing the show on any platform, but the best way to do it is just to Puck a friend in the arm and say hey you like fixed gear i like fixed gear too you should probably listen to this podcast because i mean it's great come <laughs> on it's it's, it's fun <laughs> <laughs> and of course you can support us and have access to the extended version of the podcast by supporting us on patreon even the, low, the lowest tier will give you access to the pre-show and the after show which is around 40 minutes of extra content per episode yeah that's about it
1: yeah, thanks for listening guys
0: and we will see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye